I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I. <laughs> Welcome to Kids Birth Tales. My brother's name is Ozzy and I'm Die Boy. Thank you for missing from Mommy's podcast. Later. Hello and welcome back to Kiwi Birth Tales. I am your host Jordan. Thank you so much for being here this week. If you are new around here, I am a mum of two. I have Jai who's three and Ali who has just gone one and a half. I think he's about 20 months. Second child things, you lose track. Um, And I also have a business baby which is your birth project. Your birth project is an online hypnobirthing course, an online store for pregnancy, birth and postpartum and a beautiful journal that helps you track your pregnancy, plan for your birth, and reflect postpartum. Today, I am finally bringing you another birth story. I was so on track with two episodes a week, and then I've just got um, totally sidetracked this week. I've been a bit sick. I'm just feeling really average, and yeah, so (laughs) I've had the week off from a podcasting sense, I guess. It's a wonderful episode. I just have not had like the brain power to be able to sit here (laughs) and get through the editing. So I've made it. Um, I speak with Samara today and she is a beautiful mum of one. She talks us through her story. Um, She never wanted kids and she talks through the sort of change in mindset from going from never wanting kids to deciding to try and have a baby with her partner. Um, So she talks us through that. She had gestational diabetes in her pregnancy. Um, She talks us through her birth preparation. She had a spontaneous labor um, and ended up giving birth drug-free in the water. She had a third degree tear, so she talks us through that. Um, And then we worked through her postpartum period where she suffered from the baby blues, um, but her partner actually had postnatal depression so he um, yeah was suffering with postnatal depression in their postpartum period so she talks us through how that um, all played out and the support that they were able to get from him and I just think this is a really important episode because I'm pretty sure the statistic is one in ten men or dads have um, postnatal depression and we barely ever hear it talked about so I think it's a really important topic Um, and I'm pretty sure I saw that statistic on the Plunkett website (laughs) if you want to have a look on there but it is a very important topic and I'm just really grateful to both um, Samara and Scotty that they were willing to share that part of their journey with us so I hope that you take something from this episode I've attached some links in the show notes Um, if any of these mental health um, concerns feel like they resonate with you or your partner at all, please click them and have a look at the support that is on offer um, because you're not alone in those feelings. Okay, let's jump into the episode. I hope you enjoy it. I'd love to hear your feedback. Find me at Kiwi Birth Tales on Instagram or send me an email, Jordan with a Y, J-O-R-D-Y-N at KiwiBirthTales.com. Hi, Samara. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Sure. Um, So my name is Samara and I live in Christchurch with my partner Scotty, uh, our three fur babies, Axel, Storm and Jazz, and Mm -hmm. our now 
19-month-old um, little son, Jai. Love the name. <laughs> I know. Little legends have that name. Yeah, so cool. And 19 months, so he must be like pretty much the same age as Ali. I think Ali's 20 months this month. Yep, and um, just full of life, full of beans, yes. and um, yeah, he's just my little my little terror, just running around the house, <laughs> causing causing um, chaos everywhere he goes. Oh my gosh, tornadoes! I reckon that age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sure are. Yeah, awesome, cool, and we're gonna cover yeah a lot of stuff about your pregnancy, birth, and what it's been like for the last nineteen months with little Jai, but. If you just want to talk us through, um, to start off with, what was the journey like to pregnancy for you and Scotty? Yeah, so um, our journey to this pregnancy was a pretty easy one. Um, and I feel a lot of guilt in saying that, especially knowing how many women suffer, um, you know, like unexplained infertility and, and miscarriages mm. and all that kind of stuff. But I guess we're all on our own journey. Um so Scotty and I started having conversations about having children. It would have been about mid-2020. Um, and I decided to come off contraception then to just sort of give my body a break. I mean, I'd been on the mm. pill for probably about 15 years at that point. Um, so it was just, I was really excited about coming off it and not having to take the pill every day um, and have mm. those kind of side effects. Um, and then we decided that we were going to start trying uh, around the start of 2021. So that sort of gave me like a good six months off um, mm. contraception, which was a really nice break, <laughs> um, yeah. as I'm sure anyone who's been on the pill would be able to agree with me. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we got pregnant first try. Um, and that was quite a surprise. I think in my head I sort of thought oh yeah like we've probably got a good six months to a year of trying before it would probably mm-hmm. happen um and then yeah lo and behold it, it happened first pop um which yeah was really exciting and terrifying and mm-hmm. um yeah all the all the feelings in between yeah, yeah amazing and before we jump into your first trimester, I remember reading in your email that you said um, you swore that you never wanted children before. <laughs> so how did you, um, I guess, what was that journey like for you? Yeah, I was, um, yeah, anyone who knows me would be able to say that I was pretty firm on the never having kids um, bandwagon <laughs> for most of my life. Um and then, yeah, I, I got to 30 in uh, mid-2020, and as a lot of people probably do, when they reach that uh, that milestone, you start reevaluating things, and um, you look at what you want your life to be like, um, and Scotty's such a great, he's such a great person, I knew it would be um, a disservice to him to not ever see him be a dad, so yeah, mm-hmm. we, had, we had lots of, lots of conversations, lots of open communication, um, we talked about our fears. Um, we talked about what our lifestyle would look like once a baby um, is mm. involved. And yeah, we, we just kept on having those conversations and we just kept them real open, real honest. And I think that's a really important part to play. Um, we both mm. agreed that we wouldn't start trying to have a kid until we were both 
on the same page um, and neither of us felt pressured or anything like that by the other so yeah we, we definitely both wanted to be 100% before we jumped into it yeah yeah awesome cool and how were you feeling in your first trimester did you have many um, pregnancy symptoms in those first sort of 12 weeks <laughs> yeah I did it was quite funny because I found out I was pregnant at about four and a half weeks so um I just sort of felt like I was PMSing a little bit like I had Mm -hmm. a few cramps and that kind of thing and it wasn't unusual for my period to be a day or two late so when Mm -hmm. it didn't come on the date that it said in the app that I um, use I wasn't too concerned and then I remember I woke up I'd had this really really weird vivid dream and I woke up the next day and like something in my mind just said you need to do a pregnancy test and Scotty was working away at the time he was about an hour and a half out of Christchurch so he wasn't home during the week so I was on my own um and I texted him in the morning and I said oh I'm just going to um go and get some pregnancy tests it's probably nothing like my period's a couple days late I'm not that concerned about it um and he was just kind of like oh yeah all good and so I rushed down to the supermarket at like 6 30 on this like Wednesday morning um got a three pack of pregnancy tests got home took one and straight away it was like very dark line pregnant and I just started like cracking up laughing I was in just such disbelief um and then I tried to call Scotty and tell him and he didn't answer his phone and I was like oh my god and I think it took um, I think it took a good 20 minutes for him to call me back. So I'm like sitting on the toilet with this news, just like, oh my God, like I'm excited <laughs> and like yeah. so scared. But I was just like, oh my gosh, I need, I need to tell someone. So finally he called me back um, and I, and I told him and he was just over the moon. Um, but it's so funny that once I knew that I was pregnant it's kind of like my body caught up then and almost instantly like the next day Mm -hmm. I started feeling so sick I couldn't um I couldn't wear perfume I couldn't wear deodorant I would gag in the shower when I was like washing my hair and washing myself like Mm -hmm. anything with a scent just made me so Mm -hmm. sick um yeah it was just absolutely bizarre so I definitely had sickness for about Oh, I want to say for about three weeks, quite hardcore. Like I couldn't even be in the same room when meat was being cooked or anything like that. It just made me feel mm. so ill. But yeah, so yeah, it was it was a pretty a pretty interesting time, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so weird, like the different symptoms that people get, and the scent one is either something I reckon that you have and you've got like all of these aversions or you just don't have it and you don't understand it but it's awful that feeling oh it's so insane and like yeah I've just I've never experienced anything like it it was just absolutely crazy Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and did you find a midwife in your first trimester or what did you want your care to look like yeah I did um and Scotty thought I was so crazy because I got in touch with a midwife like I want to say maybe two days after I found out that I was pregnant Mm -hmm. um and she was actually recommended to me by one of my girlfriends who had used her and absolutely raved about her um and so yeah I got in touch with a midwife and I met up with her about a week or so later um and she sent me for all the bloods and stuff and yeah she's just amazing 
Um, so I knew that I wanted to have um, that midwifery care right through. Um, I didn't feel the need for an obstetrician unless there was going to be some kind of complications along the way. Awesome. And talk us through your second trimester. Did you do the sort of standard testing that was offered to you? And yeah, how were you feeling throughout that second trimester? Yeah, so um, I actually had a really good second trimester. I remember feeling um, pretty good. So apart from um, a wee skier at about eight weeks in that first trimester, I sort of had like a sudden loss of, of symptoms, which hmm. usually you would welcome feeling better, right? But I guess um, going through this, it definitely made me feel quite unsettled because uh, you yeah. go from feeling horrific and feeling pregnant to like feeling not pregnant and that was quite scary mm-hmm. so she sent me for a scan um and Scotty came home um from where he was away working he came home to come with me to the appointment and everything was fine so that was really good um and then we had that 12-week scan and everything was was awesome um and yeah I felt really good after that I had quite a bit of energy which was really nice I kept up with some sort of low-level exercise and then we got our 20-week scan uh, and everything was great and we found out the gender then which was really awesome we're we're both quite um impatient people so finding out the gender was Mm -hmm. definitely something that we wanted to do um and then we got some further testing done at the 26 weeks that was the gestational diabetes um test so I did the glucose Mm -hmm. testing and unfortunately found out that I did have gestational diabetes which was um yeah a bit of a shock Mm. yeah and what did they sort of tell you at the time about that what did it mean for you and um yeah did they give you much information yeah so I didn't really know a lot about gestational diabetes beforehand like you just hear the word diabetes and automatically Mm. in your head you think like unhealthy lifestyle you know like overweight you eat too much takeaways and all that kind of stuff like that's kind of the um the predisposition around around diabetes and so when I found out that I had this I automatically just like started spiraling um and my midwife was really great she talked me through it and taught me through like what it actually meant um and I guess just to paint the listeners a picture um I'm you know I'm five feet tall I was you know 55 kilos I was quite athletic I ate really healthy Mm. and so it did kind of feel like a shock to me purely because I didn't actually understand what it meant um and so, yeah, I had lots of conversations with my midwife about it. And then she um, obviously sent away all the paperwork that she needed to to the hospital. And they got in touch with me um, and booked me an appointment to speak with their diabetes team. Um, and I just remember sitting in that room. There was maybe a handful of other pregnant women who had all been recently diagnosed. And it was a really weird energy because you find out that you have this diagnosis that you can't really do a lot to control. Mm -hmm. And all of us were just like crying. And it was, yeah, it was, it was quite sad because you feel like your baby's not even born and you're already failing as a parent. Mm -hmm. That, that was my Mm -hmm. mindset at the time. Um, So that was quite a hard mindset to shift. Um, And it did take me a wee while to come to terms with that. 
Yeah, yeah. I think there'll be probably definitely people who listen to this and relate. I think um, if you don't know anything about gestational diabetes, then for sure you hear the word diabetes and you think, um, you know, it can be linked to that sort of unhealthy lifestyle or it can be something that's like, you know, a genetic um, condition that runs in your family. So, yeah, I can understand yeah. that, that feeling. Um, and there'll definitely be people who relate to that, I'm sure. Um, I guess what did that mean for you, like going into your third trimester and did you have to really be cautious around what you ate as you got further on in pregnancy or did they want to test you again? What did that look like? Yeah, so um, what they got us to do was record, I had to record my diet for about three weeks uh, and send that through to them. And in the in the meantime, I was on metformin tablets, which are meant to um, just sort of lower your levels um, that are being monitored. So I recorded my diet and sent it through to them. And the dietitians and the diabetes team, they were happy with my diet, so um, they didn't want me to change anything there, I think, apart from add in some more calcium or something weird like that. Um, so I got put on these tablets and I was monitoring my bloods multiple times a day um, and the tablets weren't working. So they brought me back in for another appointment, did some more testing, and then they decided that going on insulin would be the best option. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming into that third trimester, um, I was given insulin and I had to inject myself, um, I think it was every night in that third trimester. So yeah, that was a bit of a, um, a bit of a hard thing to, to do. I dreaded every night having, to, <laughs> having to inject mm. myself, not that, not that it hurt, but, um, I think it was just mental more than anything. Um, yeah. you know, I'd sit there kind of like welling up with tears, taking deep breaths, being like, okay, I know I have to do this. And, you know, suck it up. You don't have to do it for long. And um, so, yeah, really just trying to sort of change that that thinking that I had. But, yeah, I did find that really difficult. So um, my heart really goes out to anyone who's going through that at the moment because it's, it's not easy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and so what else um, about your pregnancy? Like, did you have any other um, symptoms or anything else pop up in your third trimester? How were you feeling towards the end of your pregnancy? And, yeah, talk us through, I guess, the general um, general feeling you had in the third trimester. <laughs> um, I didn't have really any other symptoms or anything go wrong, which was, which was really good, mm. um, apart from just feeling really tired. Um, and I was in between a mix of working from home and working in my office, which was quite good, but yeah, it just got harder and harder as the weeks Mm. went on. Um, and just that feeling of sheer exhaustion. And I know anyone who has had a baby will think like, oh my God, that that exhaustion is nothing in compared to Mm. when the baby's actually here, (laughs) uh, which is so true. But, um, yeah, I started getting like pregnancy insomnia as well um I've never been a great sleeper so it didn't really phase me too much but yeah I'd wake up at sort of like 1am every morning and I'd have to like play on my phone for hours before I'd actually fall back asleep mm-hmm. um so yeah just so tired all the time um yeah. and yeah just feeling really heavy um and I think I feel like I lost my appetite as well coming into that third trimester. Mm. Like I, I kind of felt like I had to force myself to eat 
um yeah. yeah it wasn't that I couldn't hold anything down I just didn't feel didn't feel that hungry which um mm. yeah it seems like it's quite the opposite a lot of people sort of their appetite ramps up but for me it just went the complete other way yeah yeah and what about your thoughts around like birth education did you do any antenatal classes um how were you sort of feeling about your upcoming birth yeah, so we decided pretty early on that we definitely wanted to do antenatal classes. Um, so through recommendation from my midwife, we booked into the parent centre here in Christchurch. Oh, cool. um, yeah. yeah, so we found that really great. And it's actually quite close to where we live, which was a bonus. But um, we, Scotty and I are both quite big researchers. Like for us, knowledge is power and we get quite mm-hmm. like caught up in doing the research. Um, and so we did a lot of research ourselves anyway, but going to the antenatal classes were really great. And it also gave us a chance to meet some really cool people that we're still close with now. Um, so that was really awesome. Um, the shit thing about that was that we went into lockdown again. I think we were maybe halfway through our antenatal course. So the rest of it was on Zoom, which was a bit of a shame because I feel like you don't get that same um you don't get that same education that you would in a classroom when you get to sort of try lots Mm. of different things in person. So um, that was a little bit shit, but we, we still completed the course and that was, that was good. And then I also did the, your birth project, which I really loved. Um, So I, I found that really, really helpful. And I really loved the uh, holistic approach that your birth project takes. Um, And those breathing techniques have, helped me to this day when my toddler's in the middle of a, a meltdown and I need to regulate myself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they've, they've definitely done, done the distance, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, story of my life. I'm still using the breathing techniques <laughs> all the time too. Cool. Oh, so and hard. what about your thoughts around, like, what you wanted your birth to look like and how you wanted to feel and did you have um, – yeah, did you have a real birth plan or what was your approach there? Yeah, so um, that's where your birth project sort of really helped me. Um, I used your template for the birth preferences and I sort of sat down and thought what I really want my birth to, to be. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm under no illusion that it doesn't always go perfect. So I knew that whatever I wrote down on paper and this this picture of this beautiful birth that I had in my head probably wouldn't be the case um Mm. so yeah I decided quite early on that I wanted a water birth um I did have lots of conversations with my midwife around that though I knew with the gestational diabetes it was likely that I was going to need to be induced which meant I probably wouldn't be able to have a water birth um so when I was filling out that template I was just thinking about you know the perfect birth and what I wanted we talked about who I wanted in the room um, and just in terms of like the monitoring throughout the labor and what I wanted that to look like. Um, and Scotty did the partners, your birth project session with me. Um, and we talked about like ways that he could be helpful and stuff mm. as well. So um, yeah, I definitely, I knew that I wanted a water birth and that terrified Scotty a bit when I first mentioned it, cause he thought that that meant he would have to be in the pool with me. <laughs> <laughs> he was yeah. he was really not keen on that but um I assured him that he d- didn't need to be in the pool so he was all right with it after that yeah yeah 
Awesome. Cool. And talk us through the sort of final week of your pregnancy. How are you feeling? Did you go into spontaneous labor? Um, were you doing anything to like help bring on labor or were you just relaxing and let it happen? What did that all look like for you? Yeah, so um, I had an induction booked for, I think it was three days before my estimated due date. Um, so they they weren't too concerned about like the baby's size or anything because mm. I'd been having regular growth scans, um, which was the one thing that I actually liked about my gestational diabetes mm-hmm. um, diagnosis was actually being able to see my baby frequently, which was quite cool. Um so yeah, I knew that I was that I was likely to be induced, but I was adamant that this baby was going to come on my terms. I was going to do everything that I could to get him here before I had to be induced. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a, am a very stubborn person, so I definitely wanted to do all I could to see if I could bring on spontaneous labour. Um, so that that final week, I had one of my best friends had come down from the North Island um, to visit me while I was off work. And we were just sort of hanging out, relaxing during the week. And then I had a stretch and sweep. I remember this being on like a Wednesday morning. Um, so I went and saw my midwife and she said, look, we'll, we'll get you in for a stretch and sweep. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So I went to her clinic and um, got the stretch and sweep done. And that was all good um I was actually one centimeter already which was yeah I was kind Mm -hmm. of surprised but I was just glad that you know my body was sort of doing things on its own um and then she sort of said to me um don't get you know don't get too excited because it it Mm. may not happen really quickly um but if if nothing has happened within 48 hours we'll we'll do another one and we'll try again so um, I was antenatal expressing at home and I was curb walking and I was drinking mm-hmm. raspberry leaf tea and just doing all of these <laughs> things, um, as I'm sure many, many pregnant women in their last weeks do. Um, I just couldn't get behind the perennial massage, though. Um, <laughs> I tried it a couple of times and I was like, this just feels yeah. so, so, so strange. I can't do it. Um so, yeah, nothing had happened. I think I lost, a, like, a little bit of my mucus plug in that time, um, but nothing else happened. So I messaged my midwife on the Friday morning, um, and she came around and did another stretch and sweep, and she got me to two centimetres, uh, and she said to me, um, yep, you're going to want to, like, go for a walk today and get some rest because this baby is probably going to be here, like, within the next day. Um, so that was that was really exciting. Um, so I remember it being a a really warm day in Christchurch that day. So um, my friend and my sister and I we went for a big walk around Hagley Park, um, and then just came home and relaxed. And I sort of did like the last of the housework and um, just tried to enjoy enjoy my last sort of twenty four hours of freedom. Mm-hmm. And how did things progress from there? Talk us through, yeah, what happened next and into your birth story. So um, I I felt really good like that day. Um, nothing was sort of happening during the day. And then <laughs> Scotty actually had a work do to go to that night. And so 
I said he could go. I was happy with him going on the um, condition that he had his phone on him and like on loud and he had driven. So he had only had like one beer. So that was fine. He, he came home at like eight 30. Um, and we just had an early night, went to bed and then I woke up again around, yeah, must've been around one, one thirty in the morning and couldn't get back to sleep. Um, I wasn't really feeling anything at that point. Uh, then I got off my phone and I, uh, I think I put it down and I, I tried to get back to sleep because I thought if this baby's coming, like I want to get a little bit more sleep, mm. but, but I couldn't. And so I think it got to about 3am and that's when I started getting some uh, light cramping. Like it just felt like period cramps to start off with. Mm. Um, and then I just got the urge to go toilet, which I know heaps of, um, heaps of women on your podcast have talked about. So mm. I knew when that started happening, that things were, were moving along. Um, and then, yeah, I was just up and down going to the toilet probably every like five, 10 minutes or so. And I lost my mucus plug. <laughs> I remember pulling my underwear down and it like falling on the bathroom floor (laughs) and I was like what the fuck is that I was like oh my god that's so disgusting and I was like oh that's my mucus plug (laughs) oh it was just and after that I was expecting like my waters to break and this big gush and all that kind of stuff and and that didn't happen but the the contractions started ramping up a little bit and I remember I started throwing up um Thank God we have two toilets because I was like <laughs> shitting in one and then going and vomiting. Oh my God, it's one. awful, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's so horrible. It's like gastro. Always, oh, it is. And I'm, I've always been a really big vomer. And so I wasn't surprised when I started vomiting. I was like, yep, this is mm. how it's going to go. Um, and I hadn't woken Scotty up at this point. I thought, well, at least one of us can, can keep getting some sleep. I was trying to be as quiet mm. as possible. Um, and then my dog Axel being the main character that he is and not letting me have anything for myself he threw up in his crate oh and so God. here I am at four o'clock in the morning having contractions cleaning up dog vomit uh, off the floor and then, <laughs> and then Scotty gets up and he's like what are you doing I was like oh Axel's thrown up in his bed like I'm just cleaning up uh, and I was like oh by the way I'm in labor as well and he was like oh my god and he just like instantly went into panic. It was quite, it was quite funny. Um, yeah. He's like, why didn't you, why didn't you wake me up? And I'm like, oh no, like it's all good. We're, you know, it's, it's just contractions. It's all good. I'm breathing through them. Um, and he was like, oh, okay, sweet as. So we got back into bed um, and he was like, he was like, okay, wh- what do you, what do you want to do? Um, and I was like, oh, maybe let's just watch some TV and I'll see if that'll like help me just sort of mm. breathe through because the contractions were starting to to ramp up a little bit by this point. Um, and I'd been in the middle of watching that program Squid Game. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and it was like maybe the second to last episode, so like really, really intense, um, really intense show. And he put that on. I think I watched it for like five minutes, and I was like, "Nah, I can't. I can't watch this. It's way too, way too intense." so he turned it off um and then he was like okay I'll go and get you um a hot water bottle because my my lower back had started um hurting quite a bit so he got me a hot water bottle put that on my back and I was like nah get it off and he's like okay I'll, I'll give you a massage and then he went to do that and I was like nah don't touch me and he was like 
you know, do you want anything else? And he went and got me some water and I was like, nah, I don't want that. And I feel so bad for him. Like he couldn't do anything right. All of these things that we had talked about him doing and like him being helpful. And I was just like shutting him down every step of the way. Poor man. Um, and then it got, they, the contractions got quite sore. Um, and I was throwing up quite a bit and in quite a lot of pain. And mm. so I got Scotty to call the midwife. Would have been about 6 a.m. Um, I said, look, yeah, you've, you've got to call her. Like this, this hurts quite a lot now and it's becoming mm. quite unmanageable. I'd, I'd been in the shower as well. Um, and that had helped. It definitely helped with, um, the pain, but yeah, it was getting to the point where I was like, nah, this is happening a lot faster than I thought. Yeah. Um, and so he called the midwife and we talked to her for a bit and thankfully she lives quite close by. So she, uh, she was like, yep, cool. I'll, I'll come around and check you out. So I was just using my breathing techniques, breathing through these contractions as best I could and pretty much throwing up at every contraction, which was not mm. a nice feeling. Um, and so she came around and she checked me and I was actually five centimeters, I think at that point. Mm. Um, yeah, so it had it had happened really quickly, and mm. she said um, she said that she was comfortable with me laboring at home for a little bit longer if I wanted to, or we could go go to the hospital. Mm. Um, and I just thought, yeah, no, nah, I need to go to the hospital because I just don't see how this is going to get any any easier. Um, yeah. And I'm really glad I did because my God, that. 15 minute drive to the hospital was like hell on earth <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just it felt like it took so long and we were so lucky that we weren't in traffic or anything because this is a Saturday morning um at this point and so we got to the hospital um and we're walking into the hospital and I can't remember what level we were in I think it was like orange or something and so everyone's still wearing masks mm. um at this time and we were walking up to the hospital and I was like oh my god I left my mask in the car and Scotty was like don't worry I'll I'll run back and grab it and he did that and as he was um getting my mask I'm sort of like standing outside the hospital and I I curl over having a contraction and (laughs) this guy walks past me and he's like oh are you okay and I was like oh yeah I'm just having a contraction I'm fine (laughs) and he was like okay have a nice day and like just walked off (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah it was quite good um and then we went up to the birthing suite and my midwife had um run the bath for me which was really great and then I hopped into the bath took all my clothes off like at that point I just had no cares and it's Mm. quite funny because I thought leading up to this I would be really self-conscious about like being naked and and sort of Mm. you know being on display and all that kind of stuff and in the moment I just I just didn't give a fuck at all I just (laughs) yep took it all off and got straight in the pool and it was great amazing and so when you got in the pool how were you feeling did you get like a sense of relief from being in the water or did things sort of ramp up from there I definitely felt relief getting in the water um it helped and then my midwife asked if I wanted I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To the gas, um, and I hadn't had the gas before. So um, I said yes, and I'd, I'd try it. So I loved it. I was just huffing on it like it was no one's business. And I felt... I felt drunk. It did make me feel a little bit nauseous, um, but it definitely helped in those when those contractions mm. were starting to ramp up. Um, and even Scotty had a turn on the gas, which I thought was quite was quite funny. I'm sure lots of guys do. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but the the gas definitely helped, and the water helped. And then the contractions were getting quite unmanageable. Um, I feel like it was getting to about 9.30 in the morning. So I'd only been at the hospital for like mm. maybe two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and I could I could feel that transition. And I remember you talking about it in your birth project that, you know, feeling the baby sort of coming down the birth canal. Mm. Um, so I, I could feel that coming and I could hear it in the noises I was making as well. Um, yeah. It sounded like I was mooing. <laughs> I was so loud yeah. I actually had like I lost my voice after um <laughs> after giving birth because I'd been screaming and like just yelling so much yeah um and then yeah things just started ramping up real quick and my midwife said um she checked me and she was like you know cool you're, you're pretty much there um she said how yeah. are you feeling and I said yeah I'm feeling like I've, I've got the urge to push now um and so yeah, I was just trying to get through those contractions. And then I said, um, yeah, this is too painful. I, I want an epidural. And we had talked about um, pain relief and I was open to pretty much to pretty much anything. Mm. I wanted to try things naturally first and just sort of see how far I could get. Um, but by this point, they were just getting, they were getting so painful that I, I couldn't think about anything else. So um she said, okay, are you sure that's what you want? And I said, yeah. So she got me out of the pool um, and got me onto the bed. And she said, look, we'll need to check to see. Um, she said, I think you're probably too far along now, but we'll we'll have a look and we'll see what we can do. So she checked me. And I think at this point I was like nine centimeters. Um, and I, I remember turning to Scotty yeah. and I was like, I'm not getting the epidural, am I? And he was like, I don't think so, babe. Like, I, I think this is just happening really fast. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> um, but my midwife gave me a, a really great pep talk. She was like, look, you're, you're so close. Like, he's nearly here. Um, and I remember, I remember asking her, like, okay, but how many more pushes? Like, how many more contractions do I need to get through? She was like, I can't give you a number. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, it just in my head, I really wanted to like mm. have some sort of countdown. Yes. Um, yeah. but she she got me back in the pool. Um, and oh, I forgot to mention. So we had a student midwife come in as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so my midwife had asked if one of her student midwives could could come in and yeah. observe, and I I was like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was really great. So. Um, yeah, they were working alongside together and I, I got back in the pool and they were just all giving me giving me pep talks. Um, and then it got to the point where I was 10 centimetres and I started I started pushing. I, I don't really actually remember that transition from like not pushing mm-hmm. to pushing, but it just happened so quick. Um, 
And yeah, it was just, it was the most painful thing I've ever experienced Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. And I know at one point there was a thought in my head, and this probably sounds so dramatic, but in my head, I was like, I actually want to die right now. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's how much pain I'm in. Like I just want someone to like knock me out. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was just surreal. And then um, the gas wasn't the gas wasn't doing anything at this point, but I couldn't let go of the handle in my hand. Like I think I just mm-hmm. needed something to hold. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, I started pushing, and I think his head, yeah, he was he crowned really quickly. So I I don't think I was actually pushing for that long. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't remember this part, but Scotty said it was like hilarious because. Jai's head was pretty much like almost out like it was I was in that real like ring of fire part mm-hmm. of the of the birth and um I shouted out that I wanted a cesarean and that I wanted to stop <laughs> <laughs> and the midwife was like ah it's a little bit late for that um because he's here yeah. um but yeah they, they were just saying like really encouraging things mm-hmm. um and I remember poor Scotty I remember yelling at him because I could hear him like sniffling his nose, you know, when someone's got like a runny nose mm. and they keep like sniffing it back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> poor man. And so I like yelled at him and I was like, go and blow your fucking nose. Um, poor guy. And so mm. <laughs> just an absolute wench. And so I yelled at him and it wasn't until like after the birth that he was like, oh, I was actually crying because you were in so much pain and I couldn't do anything to help you. Oh, little honey. <laughs> oh, then I yelled at him. Bless his yeah. heart. Um, yeah. oh, I felt so bad. I still feel bad about that. We still we still laugh about it to this day. Um, but yeah, he, ha- he handled it like a champ. He was great. He had my drink bottle and was like giving me sips of water and stuff like that. And I, I had said to him beforehand, like anything that I say to you in labor, isn't me <laughs> like mm. I was like just give me a free pass this time mm. um and then yeah so he was he was crowning and then my midwife said you know like I can see his head you know I can see his head moving around he's trying to help you he's he's making his way out um and it really felt like once his head was out she was like okay like one more big push on the next contraction and he'll be out and then that's what happened he just slipped out so quickly um and it was, yeah, it was really great. She caught him and um, I turned around and she put him on my chest and, and he was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And how did you feel? Do you remember, like, the thoughts or, like, how you felt when he was first up on your chest or, like, you first held him? Oh, it was, like, the biggest sense of relief when mm-hmm. he slid out. Like, the rest of his body is, is just so unreal to describe. And then I was really lucky I felt this instant overwhelm of love when Mm. he was placed on my chest um it was such a beautiful moment and hearing him cry and just seeing him like open his eyes and sort of look up at me it was just the most magical feeling in the world it it was amazing amazing and what happened from there like did you stay in the pool for a while did you have to move what yeah what was next yeah, so we stayed in the pool, oh, I want to say it was maybe for like 15 minutes. Um, so we just sort of soaked up that, that time and he was just on my chest and 
um, looking up at me and looking up at Scotty and it was really cool. And then Scotty got to cut the cord, which was really cool. Um, so we got that on video, which was really awesome. He, to this day, still complains about the bluntness of the scissors that he had to use. <laughs> um, but that was really cool. So we cut the cord and then um, they helped me out of the pool and got me up onto the bed because we needed to get the placenta out. Um, and it's just the most... Oh, it's the weirdest thing walking from the pool to the bed with this like big long umbilical cord mm-hmm. dangling between your legs uh it was so gross mm-hmm. and so um my midwife got me up onto the bed um and she was doing some checks and then gave me that that injection I can't remember what it's called um oh, for the placenta to come out yeah. Yeah. yeah um so that came out and that was fine um and then she checked me afterwards and I had a third degree tear so it was a pretty gnarly tear Mm. um and I definitely felt like I had a tear like sort of once that adrenaline wears off and that you know you Mm. sort of start feeling all that pain again um so she got one of the surgeons come in um or the obstetrician I can't remember uh to have a look (laughs) and I remember them uh the woman touching you know sort of like having a look down there and I was like, oh my God, um, I was like, you're not going to, you're not going to like just do it now, are you? Like, you're going to then numb me up first. And she was like, oh yeah, don't worry. Like, we'll give you a local anesthetic. Um, and so that was fine. They they stitched me all up and um, yeah. And then Jai and I had our skin to skin for quite a while because I had said to my midwife that uh, I wanted to you know, do all of that stuff before he got weighed and, mm. and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, that was really great. Obviously, he had she had no concerns. She was quite happy for, for us to do that. Um, we did our first feed on the bed as well, which was really lovely. And um, and then while my midwife was doing all the other checks on me, um, the, the student midwife was teaching Scotty how to dress him and how to put on, like, a snappy and stuff like that. So... Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, amazing. So cool. And how long did you spend in the hospital before you went home? Um, so because I had that third degree tear, they were keen to keep me in overnight. Um, we were wanting to get transferred to St. George if we could, um, purely just because it was close to home for us. And um, so we missed that cutoff. And we had to stay in Christchurch Women's overnight, which, I mean, it wasn't too bad. We could see how overworked and understaffed they were, but we we felt like we were well taken care of. And um, mm. my midwife had sort of told us everything we need to know, and she was going to come back and check on us the next day. Um, so that first night in the hospital, thankfully, because we were in that orange um lockdown Scotty was allowed to stay in the hospital which was really good um so he stayed with us and that first night yeah we we tried to get some sleep and I would feed dry um and Mm -hmm. the other midwives would come in and uh I had some colostrum which was good so they were able to feed him that um and yeah first night was was pretty good and then we got discharged the next day and we got sent out to the Rangiora maternity unit um here in Christchurch Mm -hmm. which was really cool um so when we got there we were I think we were only one of three couples that were there so it was really quiet um 
the midwives were just so lovely. Like I could not speak highly, more highly of them. They were, mm-hmm. they were just absolutely amazing. Um, and we stayed there for a night as well, um, which was great. We were able, because it wasn't busy, we were able to have like that sort of one-on-one time with the midwives that were there. Uh, and they spent a lot of time sitting with me and, and talking me through like feeding, helping me get the latch right um, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which was really awesome. So, yeah, they were just, they were absolutely lovely. Uh, and yeah. then we came home the next day. Um, so I think they were quite keen to keep me in there for another night. Um, but I was adamant that I wanted to go home. Um, I missed my bed and I missed the dogs mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And then and then we got home and I cried that I wanted to go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shock, eh? Like, if you've had, oh. uh, I don't know, I just, I found being in hospital really helpful particularly the first time I remember going home and being like holy shit (laughs) now I've got no one to ask all these questions to so yeah talk us through how you um how you found that first sort of couple of nights at home yeah it was yeah like you said like you you just go from having that like comfort of having medical professionals around you and people that you can ask questions at any time of the day or night um, to going home and then you're like oh now what <laughs> so it was it was a really big transition mm. um, I remember coming home and my younger sister lives in Christchurch she came around and cooked us dinner um, and she wanted to meet the baby so we did that and god it, it just it feels like such a blur like those first mm. couple of weeks are just yeah. yeah it's just a blur of like sleep deprivation sore nipples Mm. um healing wearing adult nappies um (laughs) and yeah it feels like so long ago now but it still feels fresh in my memory at the same time Mm. if that makes any sense yeah 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 absolutely and was there anything do you remember like that helped with your post-birth healing or like anything that you remember using apart from the adult nappies um heaps of that you'd recommend to others yeah, 100%. So the, the silverette nipple cups, mm-hmm. um, my gosh, they were just like the best thing ever. And I actually wore them for a long, long time. Like yeah. I I want to say like a good 10 months purely because I hated the feeling of my nipples touching fabric. Like they were mm. just so sensitive. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I 100% recommend them. And I've, I've given them as gifts to my girlfriends and stuff mm. um, when they've had babies because I just think they're they're an incredible invention. Yeah. Um, I had a peri bottle. I had some witch hazel spray. Um, it was the is it the Viva Viva oh, Viva Viva. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of their products, which I found really helpful, um, all through recommendations from from women on your podcast, which was great. Yeah. Um, and that that definitely helped. It getting getting outside and getting fresh air worked wonders as well. Like when we mm-hmm. went for our first walk around the block, it was I mean it was a very slow walk because I was quite sore, but um, yeah, just getting out and about, getting sunshine, making sure that you're drinking water and eating. Um, yeah. I kind of had to be like forced fed in those first couple of weeks I think when I'm stressed and tired and stuff I, I lose my appetite and so mm-hmm. I kind of had to remind myself to eat because I was like you know I'm not gonna produce all this good milk if I'm not looking after myself so um that was definitely a battle but yeah definitely a lot of things like that that helped yeah yeah awesome 
And what about mentally? Like, how did you feel um, from a mental health perspective in those first couple of weeks and, and your post-birth recovery and like having quite a significant tear, I guess, obviously you've got that going on as well as this new baby at home. So yeah, how were you feeling mentally? I got hit with the baby blues, something wicked. Um, mm. And it's quite funny because people talk about it and I sort of thought, oh, no, like, I'm not really that an emotional person. Um, I was like, I'll be fine, you know, yeah. like, it won't affect me kind of thing. And then we got home from the hospital and it was just, it was all on. Um, it was a real shock to the system because half the time you're crying and you, you don't even know why. Like, yeah. <laughs> Scotty would be like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I'm just so sad all the time. Yeah. Um, so that was really, I did find that really difficult, um, purely because I just didn't expect it to be like that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it definitely had an impact on me mentally. And then you add in like the sleep deprivation and, and the healing of the tear and stuff at the same time. And it was, it was just next level. Yeah. I found the first, I found the first few weeks really hard in that aspect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was there anything that like, obviously you can't do much about the sleep deprivation (laughs) Um, but was there anything that sort of helped you through those first few weeks like did you just really lean on Scotty or did you find it hard to talk about the way that you're feeling yeah talk us through that yeah it was I mean sort of like a bit of both I was really lucky that um, the awesome woman that we had met through our antenatal classes um, we had a group chat which was Mm. really good and I think I was there there was quite a few babies born before Jai so a lot of them had sort of already experienced already been experienced that in the weeks prior to to it happening to me and so it was just really great to be able to have that group chat and you know we would all message at like two o'clock in the morning and be like I'm so tired and my nipples Mm. are so sore and I don't think I'm doing anything right and it was just great having having that support um Scotty and I, apart from my younger sister, we don't have family in Christchurch, so um, we didn't really have the family support in that way, but Mm -hmm. we had also um, been pretty firm on our boundaries and that we didn't want any visitors in that first few weeks, which I'm I'm so glad that we did because I was definitely not in the headspace to have a lot of people around me at that point. Mm. Um, But yeah, Scotty Scotty was really great. Um, We definitely had our moments like because he had two weeks off work um which was which was really helpful but in his mind that two weeks off work he was like oh yeah I can get so much stuff done around the house Mm -hmm. um I can do all these jobs that I've been doing and so I found that quite hard because you know I'm like sitting on the couch trying to feed and you know I'm exhausted and all this kind of stuff and he was sort of viewing that as a time where he could get a whole lot of shit done around the house Mm -hmm. that he'd been putting off and that he hadn't had time to do so um I found that quite difficult and that definitely affected us we we had a lot of communication about it though I was really open with what I needed from him and Mm. I think a lot of that just comes down to communication and especially when you're really tired it's easy to get so snippy with each other um and for things to come out the wrong way and Mm. I think you you've just got to allow yourself that space and understanding Mm. and your partner as well like no one's a mind reader um 
so yeah I think we would <laughs> we'd probably do things a little bit differently next time um mm-hmm. now that Scotty knows what what I need from him um but yeah we, we did lean on each other a lot um in those first few weeks yeah 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 awesome and how did you find the recovery from your tear like how long did that actually take um before you sort of felt like yeah this is not as painful and um you know do you notice any um symptoms I guess of the tear now yeah so I feel like I healed really well um I think I got my midwife to check maybe like a week after giving birth because I thought that I may have torn some stitches um just sort of from like scooting along the bed to try and get around the Mm. co-sleeper bassinet that was next to us Uh, and our bed's quite high off the ground and I'm quite short so it it was a bit of a maneuver and I thought I may have torn myself but I didn't which was great Mm. um I feel like it took a good I want to say like three to four weeks for things to stop being sore um and I could quite comfortably like walk for a reasonable amount of time after that um but it was a wee while before we were into it again so I don't think we had sex until I want to say maybe 10 to 12 weeks Mm. after yeah um so definitely definitely a wee bit longer than the recommended six but I guess it's just however you feel um Mm. it's up to you up to you to figure that out so yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel any, um, I don't feel any, any symptoms or anything now. So I think I've healed really well, but I just find even wearing like a moon cup that I used to wear for my periods before pregnancy, like I can't, I can't really wear that at the moment. I, I kind of feel like things have changed shape, mm-hmm. if that mm-hmm. makes sense, or things have moved around. Um, so yeah, just trying to navigate that um what are we now 19 months on um but yeah I think overall I was I was quite lucky um and I think that the surgeon did a really good job on um stitching it up and yeah so I think I've healed really well which is which is awesome yeah yeah cool and I know that you sort of mentioned I think when you sent um a message about your birth story that Scotty suffered with some postnatal depression so if you're comfortable to talk us through, um, yeah, what happened there and how did you sort of identify that that's what he was going through and, and what did that look like for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have talked to him and he has given me permission to talk about it. Um, yeah. He's very much the same as me in the same mindset that um, we think these things should be talked about a lot more openly. Um, and I think things are definitely getting better, but yeah, I think these are conversations that we need to keep having. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I sort of noticed, I think Jai was maybe about, I want to say maybe two months old. Um, he just started seeing, seeming, so Scotty started seeming just quite upset and quite down. Um, and I know that that was quite hard for him and I'd sort of ask him and be like you know is everything okay what's going on he'd be like oh yeah like I'm fine it's just you know works Mm. hard and that kind of thing um it was hard to get him to open up until one day he just sort of broke down um and said that he had been feeling really flat um he wasn't sure what was going on um he was feeling like a lot of pressure I guess just being like the sole income earner Mm. I think he just had a lot on his shoulders and it all kind of hit him at once and it was really hard because I could I could see these things happening 
and I could I could see that this you know that he was getting real down and mm. and that his personality and his demeanor was sort of changing um but I'm I'm glad that things sort of came to a head and that he finally did sort of have a breakdown and then tell me how he was really feeling and I asked him you know like why why didn't you tell me about this sooner um mm. and he he just said like look I know you've you know you've got a lot on your plate you're dealing with a lot you know you're getting up a million times in the night to dry and he didn't want to add to my plate so I mean I definitely understand it from his perspective but mm. I would have helped you know I would have been able to help sooner had I known but I guess when you've got a newborn, your focus is them, right? So you're probably not able to pick up on things mm. with your partner that you usually would notice because you're so focused on this new little baby. Mm. They take all of your energy. So um, okay. yeah, we had some really we had some really good discussions, and I suggested to him that um, going and getting some counselling would would be a really helpful thing for him. Mm. Um, and he was really open to the idea, which was great. I know that that's a really hard thing for men especially to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we got him booked in and then he spoke with someone and yeah, this guy basically said, you know, you've got some form of male postnatal depression. Um, Mm. it's not uncommon and he didn't give, like, he wasn't given medication or anything like that. Um, but once we, once we knew that that's, that's what it was and that that was sort of the cause of it we were able to sit down and make a plan um, and just really prioritize having conversations not letting things get too much before you talk openly with your partner Um, we you know got Scotty back into the gym which he really enjoyed doing because it was a really good outlet for him Um, and just a lot of stuff like that you know like eating healthy getting outside doing all that kind of stuff so that definitely helped. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's something that more people probably go through, but either don't, either don't get like a diagnosis for, or they, or they just don't talk about it. Mm. Um, so I definitely think that these conversations need to, need to keep being had because the focus is on the mum after a birth and, and rightly yeah. so. But I think in the time we often forget about our men and how that can affect them. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's a, huge life change for our partners too right so yeah I absolutely totally really important conversation to have um because there's lots more men out there or partners out there that we don't realize um how common this actually is um yeah yeah and how long did it take Scotty to feel like he was sort of coming out the other side of it is he out the other side of it I guess what has that sort of journey looked like for you guys yeah, he's he's definitely out the other side of it, which is great. Um, I don't actually think it took too long. I think once he started making uh the gym and health a priority, and um, you know, we would we would trade off sleep, which meant we were both getting a bit of a break. We were just having lots of mm-hmm. talks, you know, about just about everything, and making sure that um we were allowing each other to to vent when we needed to and to sort of say our piece without without offering advice or without sort of jumping in and trying to problem solve when you just need someone to talk to you just need Mm -hmm. an ear so I mean this is still a work in progress I think a lot of couples probably go through this but 
yeah just making sure that we we talk really openly um fitness is a really big thing for us we both really enjoy going to the gym so having that time to ourselves to focus on our own well-being is really important um and it's definitely improved things a lot yeah yeah awesome cool and what about like his sleep and feeding and all of that sort of stuff how did that change I guess if you cast your mind back to those first couple of weeks um as a newborn how did you find yeah things sort of changed and progressed over the next couple of months um as he grew a little bit older yeah so I was um really keen to try breastfeeding and see how I went with that um I'm very much of the mindset that fed is best so in my head I knew that if I couldn't breastfeed. If that wasn't working out, then formula would be an excellent alternative. And I wasn't too concerned about um, if things were to go wrong with breastfeeding. Um, Yeah, I was just really open to any kind of feeding. So um, I did try breastfeeding um, and that was really great. And then Jai started losing a bit of weight in that first couple of weeks. Um, And I Mm -hmm. think he was just on that threshold of, we may need to be admitted back into hospital. Um, and so we came up with a plan between us and my midwife um, with top-ups of formula with his feeds. So he gained weight really quickly. And I think it had just taken quite a wee while for my milk to come in um, because we were able to, I think after about, I want to say about six weeks, we were able to come off the formula feeds and just be fully breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was going, that was going really well. So I'm, I'm so grateful that that all, that that all worked out and we didn't have to go back to hospital. Um, Jai was always a real comfort feeder as well. So I know that he just liked to, to suck basically, even if mm-hmm. he wasn't properly feeding, mm-hmm. that was just a really yeah. big comfort thing for him. Um, which some days got a bit got a bit tedious, I must mm. admit. Um, I remember timing it one day uh, on one of the apps that I was using when he was a newborn and you like write down all their feeds and stuff. And we had spent, I think it was nine hours feeding on and off. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is so exhausting. But um, I was like on a rigorous pump schedule. Um, mm. I was pumping, I was taking supplements and like it, it was exhausting I'm not gonna lie it was really really exhausting it probably would have been easier just to go okay I think we're done and I'll I'll switch to formula um but I I persevered I carried on and um yeah things worked out really great we ended up feeding until he was 12 months um and then yeah he started getting those teeth and biting Mm -hmm. and then that was uh That was a quick finish on the on the breastfeeding journey, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm really grateful that I that I persevered and that things worked out. Um, it it wasn't easy, but I really enjoyed it for the most part. Um, and sleep wise, he, I mean, those first two weeks are like hell on earth. But <laughs> after that, he, I got him into a routine pretty quick. Um, I didn't do like any sleep training or anything like that, but I just focused on routine. Um, And he responded really well to that. So I think from about that sort of six to eight week mark, that's when his sleep really started to, um, yeah, just started to get a lot better. And by then Mm. I was sort of getting like a few hours sleep at a time, which just felt like the best thing in the world. 
And um, yeah, it wasn't long till he was just doing those longer stretches. Um, and now at 19 months, he, he sleeps right through. We have some early morning wakes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the, for the most part, he's he's been a pretty good sleeper. So we are really lucky that um, things haven't been too too bad for him there. Awesome. Cool. And is there anything else that we haven't covered that you want to make sure is in your story or yeah, any um anything that you would have wanted to know or hear as a first time mum um you know, listening to this sort of podcast story? Um I think a really big thing for me was just making sure that you had that support. Um, like I said with my antenatal group, I you know, I found a lot of great friends through that. Um and we all supported each other through those early stages. Mm. Um, just having those real real good conversations with the people around you. Um, if things aren't going well, it's okay to to ask for help and it's it's not weak or anything to admit yeah. that things aren't going well for you and that you, you might need some extra support. Mm. Um social media is a real is a real big one. It can be it can be so great in so many ways, but there's a lot of noise on there. Um, and I think if you're looking at the wrong information, um, it's going to make you feel like an inadequate parent. So mm-hmm. highly recommend if you are sensitive to um, things like that, especially in those early weeks of postpartum, um, I would just recommend shutting off the noise. Unfollow people that you don't find helpful Uh, unfollow pages that you don't get joy from um yeah I think that's something that I probably didn't know Mm. that I wish I had um now looking back I I kind of wish I'd done things differently there and just sort of stayed off social media altogether Mm. um but yeah definitely recommend it because it it can be it can be hard out there and it can make you feel really shitty even if you're doing an incredible job um and just remembering that what people post online isn't real life mm. you know that that gorgeous woman who who looks made up and has a tidy house and the perfect sleeping baby I guarantee that behind closed doors that's not what it's like mm. <laughs> um yeah. and yeah I think I think it just plays such a big part in that um in that first sort of postpartum period mm. that fourth mm. trimester yeah uh, I think that's something that we need to be really really mindful of yeah, yeah I definitely agree with that Awesome. Thank you so much, Samara, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with me. I've really loved chatting and I know there'll be so much benefit um, from your episode for those who listen. So yeah, super grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I hope hope the listeners do find some uh, helpful tips and information from my birth story. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I hope you have enjoyed it. And I look forward to bringing you another birth story very soon. I appreciate you having me in your ears. I am always grateful that you choose to listen to me. And yeah, I hope you choose to come back next week. Otherwise, have a beautiful weekend if you're listening to this in real time. And we will talk soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.